Bibles, I want you to turn with me to John chapter 10. We've been in the middle of a series called The Breath of God. We're talking about the Holy Spirit. And uh, last week we talked about the will of God as revealed through uh, the Holy Spirit. If you did not, uh, were not unable to be here, I would encourage you to go back and listen to that uh, message. But today we're going to talk about hearing the voice of God by the Holy Spirit. So John chapter 10, verse 14 through 18, let me read uh, for you right quick. I am the good shepherd. Obviously, Jesus is speaking. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep and I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again, this charge I have received from my Father. Jesus obviously is addressing the disciples. They're Jewish, uh, all right? Uh, they're from a Jewish background. And notice what he says in verse 16. <clears throat> he said, I have other sheep not of this fold. Well, what's he referring to there? Most scholars believe and commentary writers would agree that what he's referring to is us as Gentiles. We have, we're from another fold that have been brought in by the grace of God, right? And so what we're looking at is, is Jesus. You wonder if you're in Scripture, you're right there. You are another fold that have been brought in. And Jesus said, they listen to my voice. He has said that earlier in John chapter 10 that they know his voice and they follow him because they know his voice. And uh, so we're going to be talking about the voice of God today and how he speaks. Uh, if I were to mention the name Paul Marcarelli, uh, would you know how I'm speaking of? I, I would say you would not. But if I show you this picture, this is uh, Paul. And uh, you remember from 2002 to 2011, <clears throat> Verizon ran a uh, campaign. And uh, what's he going to say? Can you hear me now? And uh, <clears throat> uh, he would go to different places to show how Verizon, you would get service wherever you went. Can you hear me now? Of course, he jumped ship and went to Sprint. But... Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> but he, the question is, can you hear me now? I think, I think the Lord is sometimes asking, can you hear me? I, I believe that he is speaking and he is desiring to speak today. However, is he finding listening ears and hungry spirits? Uh, is, is God not speaking or is the audience not listening? 
Amos, in the, a prophet in the Old Testament, Amos 8, 11 through 13 says this, The days are coming, declares the sovereign Lord, when I will send a famine through the land, not a famine of food or a thirst for water, but a famine of hearing the words of the Lord. People will stagger from sea to sea and wander from north to east, searching for the word of the Lord, but they will not find it. Are we living in that kind of famine today? Uh, and you remember Samuel, the prophet in the Old Testament. His mother, Hannah, she was barren. She prayed to God. She would go to the tabernacle and pray to God. And she uh, came with child. And she took Samuel after he was weaned. And she took him to Eli, the priest, to raise. And so Samuel is with Eli uh, in the tabernacle. But 1 Samuel 3.1 says this. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. Would this describe our day? We're a day where the word of the Lord is few and it's not heard, or are we not listening and, and not hearing of the Lord? And uh, I wonder, with our world condition today, I wonder what God is truly saying to our world as a whole today. You know, when we look at what's going on. But why does God want to speak to us? Why does he even want to reveal himself to us? Well, three reasons. Number one, he reveals himself and his character to us. That's one of the things he wants to do is reveal himself to us. He ultimately did that in Jesus, but he wants to reveal himself to us. Number two, he wants to encourage and build you up. We live in a day where it's so throwaway uh, danger to people's mental health and spiritual souls and here along comes God and says you are mine I love you I love what Sharon and the solid rock singers did up there uh, in that uh, song and then the third thing is he wants to reveal his plans and his purposes to us he wants to reveal his plans and his purposes to us so he wants us to know him. He wants to know him well. He wants to reveal his plans to us so that we can live it out. Um, I do not, I'm going to confess, I do not understand how Wi-Fi works. Uh, I just know this, it works. And uh, uh, I am speaking through this contraption right now and it's coming into you and it's a wi-fi it's uh but here's the deal of wi-fi you got to be on the right frequency right and so the right frequency i think sometimes what has happened is we're on the wrong frequency with the holy spirit and thus we're not living uh we're not 
living to hear his voice. And I think about what are hindrances or what causes this famine to, in the children of God to not hear the voice of God. So let me lay out to you some hindrances. Number one is what I call weapons of mass distraction. We live in a day where we're totally distracted. Some of you are having a hard time even sitting here during this service because something inside of you wants to run around the room and, uh, and this kind of thing. We're so distracted. Here's a second uh, hindrance. Unrepentant, unconfessed sin. We're hanging on to sin in our life and we're not willing to let go of it. Thus, the heavens are like bronze and we're not hearing from the Lord. Thirdly, broken relationships. We're choosing to not re restore relationships the way we need to. And so there's broken fellowship between individuals and thus our fellowship with God gets distorted. Uh, number four, lukewarm carnal faith. Lukewarm, you got one foot in the world, one foot in the church, and you're trying to walk this balance beam of, of I don't want to look too spiritual for these people. I don't want to look too worldly for these people. And what happens is we're carnal, we're fleshly, and we're not hearing from the Holy Spirit. Two more, busyness. We live in the most busy day that ever exists. Uh, the scripture says, cease striving and know that he is God. We are so busy, we, we cannot get still. One last hindrance is this, lack of obedience. Lack of obedience. Uh, we're not willing to follow whatever the Lord says. And he knows our hearts. He knows what is in us. And uh, he knows we're our disposition uh, to disobedience. And so we're finding uh, blockage. You know, in the scriptures, God spoke many ways. Uh, he spoke through nature. He spoke through a rainbow. He spoke through a burning bush. He spoke through a donkey to Balaam. He spoke through a wet and dry fleece that Gideon put out. He spoke in an audible voice. Remember uh, the voice of the Father when he, Jesus was baptized and on the Mount of Transfiguration. He talked through casting lots, rolling dice, so to speak, for the uh, priest. They would seek the will of God and they would cast these lots and God would speak through them. He spoke through prophets. He spoke through priests. He th spoke through kings. He spoke through the Torah, the uh, scriptures, Old Testament scriptures, uh, uh, prophets I mentioned. He spoke through circumstances, and he spoke through uh, varied circumstances. And uh, God spoke. He spoke through a still small voice to Elijah. He spoke repeatedly. Does he still speak that way today? Uh, yes, he can. I have not heard an audible voice. Uh, but if I did, I'd probably die. And uh, so, you know, the first words out of an angel's mouth are, fear not, 
right? Because we just freak out. And so uh, does he speak that way? Can he speak that way? Sure he can. He can speak any way that he wants to. However, I want to talk to you about some uh, areas that I know he definitely speaks to us today. However, I want to uh, give you a thought that uh, the, the Lord just gave me as I was working on this message. God speaks and reveals by his Holy Spirit that indwells us. That is why squelching and quenching the Holy Spirit by fleshly living is to our detriment. Let me read that one more time. I want that to sink in. God speaks and reveals by his Holy Spirit that indwells us. That is why squelching and quenching the Holy Spirit by fleshly living is to our detriment. And many believers today uh, are squelching the Holy Spirit of God. They don't want him to move. So how does God speak today? Let me give you some uh, examples. Number one, through the scriptures. Through the scriptures. God's word is living and active, as Paul says, but yet it is the same from generation to generation. You change, but the word of God does not change. God will never speak. You ready for this? God will never speak contrary to his written word. 66 books within the library of the scriptures. He will not go against his scriptures. Approaching the word of God, this is what I would ask of you. Approach the word of God by asking the Holy Spirit to speak to you as you read the word of God. How do we approach the word of God? This is going to be very practical. Number one, go daily to the well of God's word. Go daily. Um, I, I know some of you hit and miss. Some of you are going to be here today. You brought your Bibles, but it's not a regular habit. Make it a regular habit. If you miss a day, don't beat yourself up. Just get up the next day and do it. Uh, but approach the will of God's word daily. Number two, invest in a Bible. Now, that sounds crazy because most of you have devices with the Bible on it, or you have Bibles, multiple Bibles. If you need one, go to our Lost and Found. We collect them all the time. Uh, but invest in a Bible. Um, I, what, my daily reading, I use leather and paper Bible. Uh, I don't use my device. Uh, I, I remember the story of about a, a woman who was at a revival meeting and a pastor was preaching and just preaching and he had one of those Bibles that was open and she came up to him afterwards and said, man, I love how you can just hold your Bible open. It's so flexible and do that. How do you do that? And she, he said, it's oil. And she said, what kind of oil? And he said, palm oil. And uh, you want your Bible to be that way. But I'm going to be honest. The reason I do not have my daily quiet time on my device, my phone, or my pad 
as I'm tempted to read emails and text and uh, I'm, my flesh is so weak. So I need to use leather and paper and read it. And so um, invest in a Bible. Get a systematic plan. I mean a plan. Don't, don't just pick and peck at the Bible. Get a systematic plan. We keep systematic plans out there, reading through the Bible in a year. And somebody says, I can't do 20 minutes a day to get through the Bible in a year. Well, start with the New Testament. I, I just don't want you to dwell on just a particular area. I want you to get the whole counsel of God, okay? So get a systematic plan. Uh, next, I've already said it. Realize that the Word of God doesn't change. You're going to read it again, uh, and you're going to say, oh, the, Jonah still gets swallowed? Good night. Uh, uh, Noah still lives in ark? Good night. Uh, you know, we, we look at it that way, but the Word of God doesn't change, but you change. The first time I was able to read the Bible through, I was 16 years old, and I read the Bible through. The Bible is still the same when I'm 64, but I've changed, and the Holy Spirit knows what I need for that particular season of life. So uh, I realize the Word of God doesn't change. And the last, when you approach the scriptures, come with an obedient heart. Come with an open heart. Yes, Lord, I want to follow you. Show me your direction. So, number one is the scripture. Number two, God speaks through godly teachers and counselors. Godly teachers and counselors. Um, uh, let me give you some thoughts, though, on those godly teachers and counselors. Number one, make sure that that teacher or counselor is living in, in God's word. Don't, don't go to somebody that's just saying, I think, or uh, Time Magazine says, or something like that. Go and see uh, God's word. Number two, make sure that that teacher is humble and sound. Not arrogant in their approach, but humble and sound. Number three, make sure that that teacher or counselor is living above a reproach. Uh, make sure their, their life shows what they are in. And uh, next, make sure that the teacher or counselor is attempting to live out what he or she is teaching. This is so uh, vital especially when it comes to world events. Uh, and, and it amazes me how certain uh, guys just have it all figured out. And I'm thinking, oh, okay, you know, I, I don't have it figured out yet. And just be careful. Um, uh, I love when uh, our other pastors speak. Uh, whether Al or Jared or, or uh, Ken or, or whoever, Jim. And, uh, but I love when Brett speaks. Um, uh, I had one of our men say this to me about Brett. He said, when Brett teaches, he said, I want to get into the Bible more. 
I thought, what a great compliment. Uh, his life is buried in the scriptures, and you want to read the scriptures more because of that. So, uh, through godly teachers and counsel. Number three, through circumstances. God is always growing us into his image, and he will use whatever. I was reading uh, Proverbs 3 and 4 this morning, and uh, it talks about the discipline of the Lord, that he disciplines us like sons. And that doesn't feel good. So when bad things occur, it doesn't mean that God has gone away. It just means he's going to use our circumstance to grow you and, and speak to you in the midst of that. Uh, open your eyes in every circumstance. Uh, you never know when uh, God is going to use a, uh, a moment and you're the one there for the moment. And so understand that God speaks through circumstances. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. On all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Trust in him. Do not lean on your own understanding, but trust in him whatever the circumstance may be. Number four is this, through prayer. Prayer is two-way communication. Okay, we've turned prayer into a, a Christmas wish list with God. Oh, God, make me healthy. Oh, God, make me wealthy. God, do not let hard times come. God, heal so-and-so uh, and heal so-and-so or do this for them or whatever. But uh, the key for prayer is to take time to be still and to know that he is God. Let me write this down because uh, this is something the Lord gave me. Prayer is not so much asking for provision, which God knows we need, but it's adjusting our lives to his character and plans. Prayer is not so much asking for provision, which God knows we need, but it's adjusting our lives to his character and and plans. So what? what? What is a big deal for God to speak? Let me ask you three questions of application today. Number one is this. Do you really want the God of the universe to speak to you? He knows you inside and out. He knows everything about you. He knows your flaws and your shortcomings but yet he loves you with an incredible, unconditional love and sees you so much more than you can ever imagine. And uh, you remember Gideon uh, in the Old Testament? He's th uh, threshing wheat down in a wine vat, hiding from the enemy, and the angel of the Lord shows up to speak to him, and he calls him Almighty Warrior. And Gideon is thinking, he's looking around thinking, is there somebody else in the room? Uh, because he did not see himself that way. But so oftentimes the Lord just speaks to us and he encourages, but do you want the king of the universe to truly speak to you 
today. Secondly, second question is this. Are you willing to walk out what he says with an obedient heart? Are you willing to walk out what he says with an obedient heart? Why should he uh, speak if you're not going to respond? You know? I think oftentimes we just block. We don't want to hear him. Uh, And I can tell you this. If God speaks, he's gone before you to provide. If God says, I I need you to go across the street and serve your neighbor or witness to your neighbor, and you think, oh, God, I don't know what to say. I'm not bold. I, I don't know what to do. I guarantee you, if the Lord puts that on your heart, he's gone before you to set the stage. You just get to go and be the bearer of a good news. Um, you, I've, I've heard this. It's a made-up story, but uh, I think it gets a good point across. After Jesus rose from the dead and ascended to heaven, the angels are applauding uh, that he's there. And uh, the angel said, man, Jesus, incredible. What's the, what's the next plan? And uh, they expected Jesus to answer some grandiose thing. He said, I've left it in their hands. And he's left it in our hands. He's given us his spirit, but he's left it in our hands. And are we willing to be obedient? Before I do the third one, I want to ask the worship team to come back up. But here's the third question that I have for you. What is holding you back today from God communicating with you? What is holding you back today? Is it distraction? Is it busyness? Is it self-centeredness? Is it unconfessed sin? Are you willing to repent and say, okay, God, if Mark's saying this, your word says it, Lord, I want to I hear from you. I want to hear from you. You remember David, King David. King David, uh, uh, he had a fall with Bathsheba, adultery situation. He got her husband drunk, and then he put him on the front line, and he was killed. So he was uh, guilty of adultery, drunkenness, and murder at that point. Prophet Nathan came to him, and many scholars believe it was a year later. And can you imagine the conviction that was festering inside of David? A man after God's own heart, that had to be festering up inside of him. So Nathan the prophet shows up and he confronts David with his sin. And David is just broken. I mean, he is broken. And Psalm 51 is his crying out to God. And this is what David says. He says, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, O Lord, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and renew a right spirit within me. Is that your cry today? I I pray revival starts with that kind of cry. Create in us a clean heart of God. 
Renew a right spirit within us. And, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. I close with this. There was a book written many years ago called A Shepherd Looks at the 23rd Psalm. And the writer of the book tells a, a story how he was in the Middle East and there was a uh, oasis with water and shepherds were all there and their flocks were all commingled. I mean, you can tell the difference in, a, in one shepherd's sheep from another shepherd's sheep. And so they're all gathered around there. He's thinking, how in the world are those shepherds going to get their right sheep? And all of a sudden, a shepherd stood up and he had a distinct call and a distinct whistle. And his sheep started lining up as he walked away. And the next shepherd got up and he went to another corner and started walking. And his sheep got in line behind him and the other one and eventually there was no sheep or shepherds at the oasis but each one of them had followed their shepherd Jesus says that in John chapter 10 he said my sheep hear my voice and they know me do you know him today I mean really know him I I don't I don't mean you came to church I'm so proud of you for coming to church but do you know him today or are you willing to hear his voice?